Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno-thriller, the Michael Crichton-written movie The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And this is returning guest uh, Peter Regan, uh, here to spend some quality time with my good friend, Mr. O'Kane, who I've known for the majority of my life, and wow. uh, look forward to the next uh, 20 minutes or so analyzing this interesting minute in the uh, movie. And uh, what else should I say? Oh, also, I've got Apollo, our little dog here, so he will not leave me alone. So if you hear some barking in the background, just please keep that in mind. He He's not as well behaved as Luna. So... Mm. And I can't leave. I, I don't trust him outside. I trust Luna implicitly. I don't trust him. So there you no. go. <laughs> yeah, I can hear his jingling. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I've good, got to. Good, uh, good boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A day in the life of, right? <laughs> so this is an interesting minute, Jim. Yeah, all about like uh, bleeding ulcers and, and sterno. we got a lot of stuff going on here. You know, I don't and, like uh, this doctor. A... I think I've made that clear in previous uh, minutes. And uh, this really... Uh, cements it for me uh, because when I look at this guy, uh, <clears throat> you know the round, the questioning, you know at second ten. Uh, I, I think there's a better way of doing the Q and A with the patient versus this hide and seek uh, component that he has going on here. You know, just ask him out loud. You know, outright, what's going on? Don't have to do this. You know, uh, is he or isn't he doing something uh, to himself? But uh, my, my favorite part of this minute, and uh, <laughs> I just had a flashback because, you know, I and you also both have done a uh, visit a doctor and have undergone yeah. Q&As before. And mm-hmm. when my doctor asks me questions about my heart, he doesn't look at my heart. He doesn't look down at my heart like, oh, so it's what you're an AFib. Right. I mean, here he look. He takes the time to look at the guy's stomach. Like, yeah, we get it. It's his stomach that's the issue. You don't have to look Even down there. Vision. Right. Yeah. But I, I just it's funny. Maybe it's because I just don't like this guy because he doesn't know where all the uh, the uh, key inserts are, uh, and he's got the key to the nuclear bomb. But that's another issue. Um, yeah, well. I think you know, I just found it very funny when he's doing the Q&A here. You wonder why this guy isn't cooperating. Ja- I like to call him Jackson. Um, yeah. Why he's not cooperating at a second 27th is because this guy has established no rapport with him except telling him where the location of the secret base is. And it's gone, you know, there's got to be a more um, – and I, and I I lack empathy, so for me to notice this really means <laughs> it's it stands out. But there's got to be a different way to establish rapport with a patient than uh, the, what this guy. So you're saying your stomach? Yeah, oh, let me look at it. Okay, my X-ray of eyes say that you're bleeding. Yeah. Right, got it. Well, but he's he's channeling that he's channeling that in, inner anger of the actor's parents who you know his anger for his parents for naming him Jimmy Olsen. So that's you know. <laughs> Exactly. Didn't you realize what was happening back in the fifties? I do. You know, Eisenhower, (laughs) the Canal. Come on, man. Space race. Am I the only one who paid attention to history? 
Huh? <sighs> no, but you know. Yeah, he didn't I, even I, bother I, asking. You know, are you married, Mr. Jackson? Do you have any kids? Are you know, are you from Piedmont? It should have just. But no time for that. It's only no, two no, no time so. for. And of course, the guy, you know, obviously didn't have any family, or else he would ask, "Hey, you know what's going on with my wife and and children?" Well, Gramps, I got some good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is we recoded your name from Gramps to Jackson. Yeah, and then just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> what's the bad news? Bad well, you news is we out. have to keep. Yeah, <laughs> we have to keep uh, dousing the uh, the. The vultures that keep showing up in your hometown. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. More more canisters, please. Let's let's drop that off. Thank you. And by the yeah, way, that, that, not, not for yeah. nothing, but why are the vultures, um, why are the birds not uh, impacted by the virus or whatever you call this thing? Well, apparently they have, they have a different metabolism. But except the birds aren't affected and neither what the dogs are because we saw a lot of dead dogs in the town. Right. So apparently it's like a mammal thing maybe. They didn't say anything about like you know somebody in the town might have had a parakeet, but we never we never found out about that. That would have made actually um, made sense. Yeah, and you know like why didn't they take back a? They should have grabbed one of those vultures instead of killing it and getting uh you know they they must have had a veterinarian with all those monkeys and mice that are in that place. They must have been able to bring back a bird and say, well, why is this bird alive? You know, why don't you well, yeah, they could have probably place? asked for help over the public address system. You know, after they got their <laughs> McTea. You know, in yeah, vulture, yeah, vulture handlers to level two and right, you know. right. Uh, spill on uh, on level six or level five. Thank you. Yeah, bring bring white many, uh... Uh, rags, not red. Thank you. Now, do do you think that do you think that this place is run like a hotel? I mean, I, I'm assuming that that would be the org chart. That they, there's housekeeping. There's like the daily. I would think that it has a lot of similarities to it because you have to feed people. And uh, you also have and to put, get bed. sleep. Yeah. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it's or you could make it more of a, a parallel to a, a hospital um, that it would have that capability of. And hospitals have the same thing. Hospitals have, you know, housekeeping. They have um, you know, a, a restaurants and, and food that has to be fed to the people, not just the patients, but to the, the staff. So I would say there's a lot of similarities there. So how do you think that the uh, like the food you food and beverage manager is handling this place? I mean, you've got to bring in big beverage trucks. They have to have a loading dock, but it's all up upstairs with the guy with the sandwich and the gate. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, you know, over are you driving all these, uh, you know, Coca Cola trucks over that uh, stumpy. Uh, yeah, I would road. think that lo- the logistics here of uh, you need a loading dock. Or something like that, where it, as we call it in the hotel industry, back of the house, uh, yeah. where you have to have the capability of uh, supplies coming and going. Uh, it's not just yeah. I mean, it could be argued a lot of things could be argued about. You know, upstairs, uh, where do all the staff park? How you get there? Are they you know are they flown in? Are they is it driven? Is everybody driven in? And if so, is it one at a time? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, they always have you know that that old Plymouth Valiant that they have to make drive from the from the airfield back out here. Right. It, uh, my uh, uh, so my my sister had a Plymouth Valiant. Uh, both really? my yes, uh, slant six two twenty five. Oh, yeah, like my uh, Dodge Dart. Yeah. Correct. You had a Swinger, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, exactly. Yes. And uh, for those who didn't realize, Mr. O'Kane, uh, back in high school, would uh, tap the brakes. Uh, he he was not a a fluid brake. Apply person, he was a tap 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 uh, break person. 
I appreciate your closure there, Peter. Well, uh, I like that just to make, let you know that I, <laughs> I do remember this stuff. Yes. Um, I, well, well, we're, I remember, we're, we're, uh, we're going afield, yes. I but, mean, you're the, do- you're the swinger. You're the two-door swinger. My, my <laughs> sisters had the more pedestrian four-door uh, model. Of course, you know, no, no minute would be uh, uh, appropriate without bringing up uh, my dad. Uh, he, my, my Maureen, my, my, um, oldest sister, she had an accident, uh, and when we were, I was, I don't know, grade school, I guess, who knows, and the back driver's door of her four-door, um, Mercury Comet was damaged. So, I don't know the logistics here, but all I know is that she goes to my dad and goes, hey, you know what, I'd like to have this door replaced, because it doesn't open and close, and dad goes, no problem. So off we go to a junkyard. Uh, <laughs> we find one, but it's a, a blue door, and the car is white. So anyway, long story short, we bring back. Dad replaces the door, and there you go. And, of course, my sister just can't quite leave it alone. She goes, well, yeah, but it's a different color from the car. He goes, not a problem. <laughs> What does he do? He, do you see where this is going? Yeah, I know where this is going. All right. So he goes and gets a can of paint and slaps white paint on the door. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. Dominic Regan, close enough for government work philosophy. You know, what do you want? It's painted now, all right? And uh, I just remember uh, sitting there going, yeah, that's, that seems perfectly reasonable to me. Yeah, sure. Paint it with uh, house paint. What more do you need? Come on. So... Um, Yes, I should uh, I should bring that up with my sister. I'm sure she has no closure a hundred years later on uh, <laughs> on the door. But look, seriously, how is that relevant yeah. to this minute? No, well, it's a family motto: be careful what you wish for. There right, you right there. You <laughs> exactly. Let me uh, make sure I add that. But uh, hey, so uh, because I like to bring this around full circle uh, to yeah. the minute, um, when she the nurse looks up uh, squeeze. Uh, yeah. And so that document is called a medocs. I'm assuming it's me- medical do- uh, documents. Yeah. So somewhere, somewhere there's a there's a physician, physician's desk reference of <laughs> all the illegal or unusual ways of fixing things in the human body. Right. And sterno is is also known as pink lady. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be honest with regional. you. When I think of sterno, I think of sterno of what you use to light. Those little cans at buffet and tables. That's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. How, how unhealthy is that? Yeah, well, methanol and ethanol, which is uh, regular grain alcohol and wood alcohol. Meth- ethanol, you can, I mean, ethanol is basically alcohol. You can drink that. Methanol, however, is wood alcohol, and it will kill you. It, I mean, if you take it in a, in a large dose, it'll give you uh, uh, nerve problems, uh, blindness, uh, and you know, it'll stop your heart and things. My, uh, let me tell you a little story of my family's past. My, uh, my grandfather uh, lived in New Jersey, and uh, he worked on the uh, uh, the Lincoln Tunnel when huh. he was a uh, he was he was a Cation. He he used to go down uh, in the in the Lincoln Tunnel when they were building it, and they'd put him under pressure, and he'd uh, he was what they call a sand hog. He'd dig out the uh, uh, the the underground to get you know to get to New York from New Jersey right and uh, all this and so at the end of the shift they depressurize the place and he'd go out he'd just go out through a, a thing and uh, he wound up with the bends really bad that's nitrogen bubbles in your in your bloodstream 
This was during uh, Prohibition. This was during Prohibition. He couldn't, uh, you know, you can't get, uh, he can't get regular drinking and stuff. Uh, but he was well skilled at finding uh, alcohol on his own. And uh, unfortunately, one night he uh, he got a hold of some methanol that he thought was uh, regular green alcohol, and he drank that. And he couldn't see, and he thought he was going to be permanently blind. He was he was that way for about two weeks. He didn't want to go to a doctor because uh, he'd be in trouble, and he didn't want to lose his job. So uh, he had a friend of his would uh, he'd kind of put his hand on his shoulder, and they'd go down and work in the uh, work in the tunnel. And uh, he didn't tell anybody that he could he could barely see like that everything was a blur. And uh, over time, over over a couple of weeks, his sight came back, but it was from the. Uh, the wood alcohol poisoning. Um, Jim, I yeah, never heard that era. story before. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's a, kind of a, a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pre-OSHA, um, obviously. Well, you know, my uh, my grandmother, to make sure that he didn't get a hold of uh, any more methanol, uh, she used to make, uh, uh, she actually got a, a, a mash tun and made her own liquor. Uh, in the bathroom, and she had a she had a tub, and she had a, a still, and they would make uh, corn liquor uh, during Prohibition. So uh, she she did that for the health of my grandfather, so that he would have a good source of alcohol during uh, during Isn't Prohibition. That, so I mean, didn't they realize about the bends back at that point? I mean, I, I remember this was discovered when they were building the Brooklyn Bridge, was it not? Yeah, yeah, and you know, just because they discovered it doesn't mean they were going to, uh, you know, do anything about it. I mean, my my dad ran into a similar situation with uh, asbestos. They knew that asbestos was they knew that asbestos was bad for you as early as 1935, but they continued to use it. And unfortunately, since my dad was a boilermaker, he right. wound up with uh, mesothelioma from being exposed to asbestos. But you know, just because, just because something's dangerous doesn't mean it's going to go away. I mean, we still sell, you know, cigarettes are still sold, but, you know, people know that they will kill you, so. Yes, free will. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's uh, rugged individualism. But anyway, Well, so, uh, so will alcohol over an extended period of time. Well, yeah, yeah. And here's, um, you know, here's Mr. Jackson. He's uh, self-medicating with uh, wood alcohol, but he knows that it'll, uh, it'll numb the bleeding that's going on in his um, stomach. In his stomach. And he, yes. You know, and, Remember the and doctor looked at his stomach at uh, second sixteen. So, yeah, and you know he's taking aspirin, which is supposed to it it, it relieves the blood clots. It's an NSAID. It's a um, you know it, it's it's really it'll help him not uh, not clot up and have problems. But unfortunately, the the uh, the aspirin will eat away the lining of his stomach and uh, make things worse. So he's you know he's He's just feeding the beast. It, it, it's going to continue to have this. Um, but it works for him. You know, he's okay. He's looking at the short-term gain of if you drink uh, alcohol and aspirin, uh, it doesn't hurt so much. Right. So uh, for the time being, that's yeah, good enough for him. Exactly. And, I mean, if you think about it, this, he's just being pragmatic about how to go about Of course, uh, it would be helpful if he went to the local country doctor, but the doctor's dead now. So. Yeah, well, the doctor's too busy, you know, running his office like the lunar lab, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't have time for uh, hobos in uh, bed hobos. sheets wandering around town. You never get to use the word hobo a lot <laughs> in the conversation anymore. It was very funny, too, uh, when the doctor gives uh, the nurse the OK sign. I, I laugh because I go, how many people use OK anymore? I don't know a lot of people who do that. 
more like the thumbs up, but maybe that's a cultural thing. Yeah, he, I, I don't know. She's, she's just, this is as pleasant as she can be with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> she's probably I mean, mumbling, mumbling stuff under her breath while she's, yeah, okay, you idiot. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> mean, get it at, now? Tech, so I guess she must be able, she's listening on the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they're, they're beaming it in. Uh, but he's, and uh, the continuity, it would just drive you, drive you crazy and all this. He's, he's awake, he's asleep. The, the baby has to scream in every scene. Yes. So obviously they have to wait for the baby to start crying. And uh, I'm sure they're showing it scary clowns and, and they're, you know. Well, if you go, if you go to the second toy. 30, right, which is showing her pointing to the monitor, and you go yeah. all the way over to the right, the baby's not there. No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, unless the baby is catty-cornered onto the bed adjacent to them, I would think that shot shows you the baby is – and, again, it goes back to, well, you know, they can't have an infant, you know, just sitting there as a prop. Yeah. I mean, they might have a, they might have a rubber baby just off screen. They just didn't <laughs> – uh, frame. Yeah, they didn't frame it right. So it's uh, – uh, <clears throat> that's it's okay. just – you know, Robert Robert Wise being Robert Wise. He's been well, in this business for 50 years. I guess really when I go to the liquor store, I'll ask for some pink lady or a red <laughs> eye and uh, see yeah. what I can get. I mean, I'm assuming that that's not – it's not recommended. It puts that 70s uh, NBC show Pink Lady and Jeff in a whole new light, doesn't it? <laughs> the pink lady in a whole new light. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Please. Well, oh, uh, this, this has it, been yeah, a – uh, I would just tell you, yeah, you have a, you had a lot uh, to deal with this one. Now we're finally moving this along. This this uh, this whole episode is you know, now the doctor's looking at his stomach. Now we know we more about the patient Jackson than we did before, and uh, we can tell that he's not going to be a very cooperative uh, guy, at least with the doctor. Where do you, where do you think he got the uh, the idea behind? taking squeeze for his ulcer. Do you think he got it from other hobos in town? I would say if you're going to use the word hobo, yes. I would say he probably went to another, quote, hobo, unquote. Because, look, uh, I'd rather not go to a doctor, but I'm having a bleeding ulcer. Apparently, he's had it now for two years, so he must must be doing something right. Maybe he just didn't want to pay the the, the $2 to the doctor to go in and and find out (laughs) when he can get, you know, you can get a six-pack of Therno for maybe $1.50. Uh, and, it's, uh, it's probably less, and it's more enjoyable. It's less expensive. You know, he, I could see him like sneaking into the Hampton Inn at the edge of town and waiting for their their hot breakfast and just you know grabbing the <laughs> blowing blowing the the steamer tray off and and you know uh, I'll just take the you know. yeah. At the time, of course, limited service hotels did not exist at that time, except uh, I'm sure um, hobo like uh, hotels. But uh, no, uh, I would think that you would probably have to go to a banquet hall. And uh, I'm sure they yeah. have plenty of of, uh, uh, of sterno cans there. So what do they do? They um, they take the cans and they what increase the temperature, so it it becomes liquid form again. Either that, or he's chewing on the uh, the gel. I'm, I'm just wondering. You know, I mean, it's basically napalm. It's it's paraffin. It's paraffin, uh, ethanol, and methanol. So it's a it's a big candle that's very that's helpful, filled. Jim. Very helpful. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just does he does he scoop it out with a spoon? Does he drink it like I'm not sure. It's, I, I just I want to know what his dosing re- regimen is. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, he, I'm sure he goes to the 
Yeah, maybe the doctor can the P- start a Q&A with them and see. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing him climbing through the dumpster at the, uh, the Piedmont County uh, Convention Center looking for boxes of Sterno and then taking it back to the freight yards with his other hobos who were all sitting around cooking their uh, cans of beans with the Sterno. Nice. Um, you, you, definitely, you, know, he's there, you definitely have the vision going there, that's for sure. <laughs> he's there drinking his evening uh, bowl of, uh, of Sterno while somebody's playing uh, uh, My Darling Clementine on a harmonica. Wow. Um, you certainly yeah. have, you have, you have the, it all framed out. <laughs> Congratulations. Good nice. Yeah. Good for you. I don't know, it, well, you gotta you gotta flesh these people out. They're just kind of stick figures if you don't. You just right. Figure out where where he got to this point. Um, he obviously had access to. Uh, maybe he lives in town. Maybe he was like the rival doctor. That could be the other thing. Maybe, be just, maybe you know, the backstory is years ago. Yeah, he was disbarred because he <laughs> operated while he was intoxicated, and uh, that, that always sounds yeah. like a good. That always sounds like a good story. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, how many times has that been used? More times than I yeah. can remember. I'm sure. But. I just want to. I want to know more about Jackson. I want to know. He, he seems to know everybody in town. I mean, later on, we're going to find out that he knows the name of the baby. Yes. So obviously, he's not. He's not a loner. He's not a hermit. He. He actually. You know. He's like. Uh, yeah. He could be the mailman. No, the mailman's dead. We've seen the dead mailman. So yes. he, he must have some function in the town. That. Uh, he, oh, he's a hobo. He could be the, <laughs> yeah, he's the town hobo. He's like Otis in. Um, in uh, Mayberry in, RFD, which is sad. When you think about that, because yeah. that's how they looked at drunks back in the '60s as a comic foil, and who is that? Otis, uh, Otis, Otis was the only one in a stable married relationship. Everybody else in the town was single. You know, if you think about it, Andy was a widow, or, right? And uh, Barney was single. Aunt B. And uh, even Aunt though B, Floyd. in the last, uh, did she not start dating somebody uh, when it turned to color, and it was the last season? Yes. Yes. She she met fell. like the captain of a cruise ship or something. Wow, there's the crossover I've been waiting for. Um, <laughs> she winds up with Captain Steubing. Uh, no, I what was the crossover? That. They they also had um, oh my gosh, Ken from um, Ken Berry. Yes, Mayberry RFD when they when they transitioned over to over to Mayberry RFD. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. He, he just yet uh, another single dad. And again, I got to remember that stayed around for more than one season, did it not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I think it was three years. All right. It just, so, it just yeah. never. Uh, I was never that big a fan of it. I was more of a Andy Griffin uh, kind of guy. So, I, I, not yeah. that I didn't like him. Well, but... it was it was the CBS rural comedies that all got swept away after they got rid of. Uh, gosh, the the purge, and then they missed. Uh, Dukes of Hazard. They didn't get Dukes of Hazard. They, they had the purge when they got rid of, and they were all doing well at the time. Oh yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Beverly Hillbillies was the top show in 1963, and was still in the t- in the top. Uh, I think it was the top ten uh, when it was canceled in the right. 70s, early 70s. Because they were transitioning um, to a di- and uh, I didn't know if you realize this, but uh, the reason why Lost in Space was not renewed for a fourth season was because Orrin Allen. Always thought that the executives out in California had no influence on the decision-making process, and he thought he, he refused to meet with them. He thought he would meet with the guys back in New York. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, there you have it. Yeah. I, <laughs> so there's your backstory on Lost in Space, but again, I'm not sure how that ties into this minute. 
No, well, I mean, you can think about Irwin Allen transition. Like this is all 1971, so Irwin Allen is transitioning from television uh, back into his original love, which was creating uh, big, cheap movies. Right, know? the uh, uh, Poseidon Adventure, which I saw with my Poseidon. sister uh, in the movie theater. There you go. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he had started. You think about he he had gotten back into TV through the 1961 feature uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which right. was eventually turned into a television show. So. Here we are, you know, we have Robert Wise, and his only, I mean, his his reference points at this time are television, you know, television science fiction shows. Star Trek had been canceled. The Star Lost is just coming up, your favorite Star uh, Lost. science fiction show. You know, it's, it, <laughs> this is all happening at the same time, so we've got early Jim, 70s. Jim, let me know when you're going to um, do a minute uh, analysis of the Star Lost. Uh, I'll definitely... Uh, I, I, I leave that to you. I think I think you should just get a microphone and do it solo. Just do every... <laughs> Every episode of the Star Lost. I'll just do a, a nonstop narration. <laughs> now they're standing. Now they're still standing. Now Kira is w- looking at the camera. Now he's looking away. <laughs> yeah. The facing. Yeah, I, you know, I, and yeah. I don't know what Kira Delay is doing right now, but I'm sure you could reach out to him and I, get him on your show. I could. You uh, but explain I did, your love for Canadian science fiction. It's just that a, uh, that right series there. brought new meaning to the word glacial when it comes to you know pacing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big, I mean, the qu- big question at the time is who, which influenced what? Is you know, is it the, it's the Andromeda pace basically? Well, I went downstairs. I, I had a special order of the series, so I put on the DVD downstairs, and I started watching it because it was I had a flashback to my days of youth. So Karen walks by and looks at it, and looks at me, and I, I tell you, she didn't say you know one of the few times she, she didn't say anything, and she walked away. But the look. Uh, was um, I don't know disdain. Is that the uh, strong pity? Enough? Is there? Is there? Yeah, just sheer pity. I mar- she yeah, looked at and it just looked at me like like it was like ugh, you know. It's like a note to self if I ever want to uh, be in a room by myself, uh, play this in the background, and I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you just look back at her and said, "For better, for worse, honey." Right, for right, right. Here, here's the agreement in case you forgot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now let me go watch this. I've got. Uh, I want to see how it plays out. I believe they, you know, they've been lost for eight hundred years. I want to see how the rest of this goes. Yeah, uh, hold up, a, hold up a small can and go squeeze. Squeeze. Uh, um, <laughs> it's also known as Pink Lady, uh, Karen. Pink so I'm lady. not sure if you yes. realize that or not. All right. Well, look. I, I, All I, right. Let's, let's, yeah, this has been this has been a fascinating minute, and I appreciate you being here for this week because there's no one that has insight to this movie like you. Oh here. my gosh! I, I and and I've just I, you know not one elevator except at the very end of this minute. By the way, when the milk arrives, which yes. obviously arrived well, by could an elevator. Just, it could just be through the door. I mean, I'm thinking like Horn and Hardart Automat. You know, it just might be there. But there's a guy on the other side who doesn't have anything to do because the cafeteria is closed. So he sits there filling up. There must be like 30 bottles of milk. that he. Just well, it's a good thing know, then up. that that opening is per- perfectly portioned to the bottle of milk. Yeah. Any, anything more. They're not getting it. You know, <laughs> if, if you need like a, 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 a CPR, you know, one of those. Uh, yeah, you're uh, out of luck. Grams. It's got to be yeah. this big and that tall. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yes, okay. Did you? Yeah, a milk bottle. Here's you know, they, if, they, if the guy wants a chicken sandwich, it can't be bigger than the, what the plate can't be any wider than that, that milk bottle. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, That's called good. I mean, you know, I'm sure when Bobby was doing the set design, they weren't thinking down the road. They go, we just need to have it large enough for this baby bottle. That's it. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, nope. the the the, uh, the set the set designer just going through. Let's see, circle this. This is going to be a prop, so that's baby ball size. And nothing is it ever used again? Nope. So no, we'll just have that. I do like I do like the pressure gauge, so you can tell what the pressure is. What <laughs> they need, you know, it's got a gauge just in case. You just in know, case you got to be prepared. Uh, you know, they, these guys aren't you know fooling around here. You know. Okay, very <laughs> Wait, good. Little, okay, well, listen, great. Well, thank you again, Peter, for being on the show. If people want to go uh, visit you, I know that they can visit uh, DelanagaHideawayHavens.com. Yes. And uh, sign up. Are you, are you fully booked for the rest of the year? Is it possible for people to still get in? We are knock on wood and the tide don't rise. Sold out every weekend. Uh, however, the weekday, um, there are certainly uh, some opportunities left. I, I think, you know, to your point, people are seeking – privacy and being you know and being away from other people so fortunately for us you, uh, our experiences here deliver that yeah you 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 can be as antisocial as they want you to be correct so that's and it, good. it follows yeah. my personality perfectly uh, <laughs> that i that we get to deliver that kind of experience where i don't have to talk to people so i'm yeah very after happy. yeah yeah, so after they sign in, you just say, go away or I'll sick the dogs on you. I Believe it or not, it's all remote now. All remote. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Uh, Perfect. Th- in theory, we uh, we don't see the majority of our guests. Awesome. Wow. Yes. They just, they just pay, pay the money and they come in right. and, and off they go. That's beautiful. You know, yeah. I mean, it's wow. It's your perfect retirement. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, all the best with that, Peter. And thanks for being on. I hope to have you on sometime in the far future. I hope so. Uh, as, I just want to be, we, I, I, I still want to be a part of this whole experience. Well, I, I will have you back at, at you know you will return like James Bond. You'll be back here and uh, and we'll talk we'll talk some more as, if Karen will you know be patient with me again. And please uh, express myself my own thanks to Karen for being so patient with putting up with all this. Stuff. I know she's a good egg. She is okay. Well, we will uh, return next week with uh, an all new guest and or actually maybe a returning guest. We'll see. But uh, check that out. In the meantime, uh, as you enjoy this weekend, uh, do the three things that'll get rid of this plague quickly. Stay six feet apart, wear a mask, and by all means, wash your hands uh, and sing happy birthday. You can sing happy birthday to Peter, even though that's probably a little while away. December 20th, for those uh, who are tracking my December 20th. And he is accepting gifts via Amazon. Exactly. I I can set up a a link later if you want, but I don't want to be too pushy. Okay, wow. Well, we will will, uh, go sing happy birthday to Peter, and (laughs) we'll join you here next week on the, uh, what is this? Oh, this is the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.